Hi, and welcome to Elevate Potential. I'm so glad that you're here. This is a podcast that is designed to help you escape patterns, embrace passion, and elevate potential. My name is Elizabeth Perry, and as a lifelong student of psychology, personal development, and human potential, as well as a transpersonal life and leadership coach, I will be your guide as together we learn from others who are on this journey. Let's dive in. In this episode, I kick off a series where I will be joined by my friend, Annette, as we explore the patterns that we have broken in our lives and the passions we have started to embrace in order to get to our next level. Today, we dive into how I was able to break the pattern of being attracted to unhealthy friendships and relationship dynamics by starting to learn what it means to be a safe person and how to recognize the safe people that are in my life. I recognized how important our friendship was that night in the hospital. I think that whole experience just made me realize who was there for me? Who's the people who's going to dwell with you when you are, when, when you're septic and you have C. diff, TMI, <laughs> anybody knows what C. diff is, but who's going to show up for you in those moments? We explore these topics by sharing with you an intimate moment in our friendship where we had to have a tough conversation and we both were able to grow as a result of that. Let's get into it. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am so excited and nervous for this episode because this is actually kicking off a series where I am going to be sharing with you all my story of how I came up with this process of escaping patterns, embracing passion in order to elevate your potential and some of the patterns that I've broken in my own life and the passions that I've started to embrace, passions like love and creativity and friendship and truth. And when I started on this journey of podcasting, I thought I was going to do these episodes by myself But as I started to record, I just felt like I wanted to have someone with me through this journey. And as I started to reflect on who would be the best person for that, there was somebody who came to mind that was the first person that came to mind. And that was my friend, Annette. Our friendship has grown as what I would like to call like a slow burn, which I feel like is the most beautiful way for a friendship to start. And how like love in in, in the friendship sense, like builds and grows. And I'm so excited to have her with me today on this episode where we're going to talk a little bit about our friendship. We're going to talk about safety. We're going to talk about some patterns that we're both breaking and just introduce you to this series. So welcome, Annette. I'm so excited to have you. I am beyond honored to be a part of this experience with you. I don't know if you remember this conversation, but a while back we went for a walk and you said that you wanted to have someone interview you for this section of the podcast. And I, in my head, I didn't say it, but in my head, I was like, wait, why aren't you asking me? (laughs) So here we are. (laughs) And here we are. It's funny how those moments happen. And when I 
thought about who I wanted to interview me, I think what really came to mind is I want it to be somebody that I feel safe with, that I can be my true self with, and that I feel vulnerable with. And I can truly say that I found that in Annette as a friend. And when I talk about safety, learning who safe people are in my life has definitely been a journey. Prior to even going on my healing journey of escaping patterns and embracing my passion, I had been stuck in a pattern of really being drawn to manipulative and unsafe people. And when I say that, I recognize that there was an unsafety within me that was attracting these people who were reflecting in me this lack of safety. And as I started to go on my healing journey, there was a catalyst of that. And it was a point in my life where I was feeling really burnt out. I was really stressed. I had just gotten out of a friendship with somebody who was extremely manipulative that I had really gotten super close to. And at that time, I was in a really dark place and I started meeting with my pastor's wife and we went through the book, Safe People by Henry Cloud. And although I was going through this book, I was still really grappling with overworking and stressing. And that led me to what I would really call like my rock bottom. And the beautiful thing about rock bottom is you find out who your friends are. And people always say that, but actually experiencing it and going through it is a completely different experience than just saying, oh, you find out who your friends are. No, like it's a hard process. Long story short, and maybe we'll go into this story more another day, but I ended up getting appendicitis and not knowing that I had it or avoiding the pain to the point where my appendix burst in my home. And that day, my roommate ended up driving me to the hospital and I I didn't know what had happened until a couple hours later when I got the scans. And at that time, Annette was texting me and she was at work and she was just about to get off. I was in the hospital by myself in extreme amount of pain, really at like my wits end. And in walks Annette into the emergency room. I cannot tell you how blessed and honored I was to have her there with me at that moment. And she really embodied the first characteristic of safety, which is dwelling with somebody in their pain. I don't know if you remember, but you like braided my hair that night and just sat there with me when I I was probably in the worst state that I've ever been in physically, mentally, emotionally in my life. It's funny you say that because I, I don't think I saw it that way. Like I saw that you were in pain, but I still saw you being so strong and still mm. wanting to show your best self, but letting that wall down and letting yourself just be in pain and, and let yourself experience it too. I think for me, there was no doubt in my mind once I knew you were in the hospital. It was like, I need to figure out how to get there and how to be there for you. And I think mm. if I remember it at that point in our friendship, we weren't that close of friends yet. No, it was really, we hadn't really talked that much, but for me, if someone needs something, I'm going to be there, even if you don't ask for it. Cause I think that was the other thing that we realized was I didn't even know really what was going on. Cause I think you had gone back to the hospital. There was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. You didn't really want to ask for it and ask for someone to be there. And so being a friend to me means being there, even when someone doesn't ask for it, because I know that I'm not great at asking for it too. So yeah, I think that is 
probably one of the places where our friendship really grew. And I was actually wondering to you in our friendship, was that the point where you feel like we became friends? Was it before that? Because we weren't friends when we first met. So I'm curious from your perspective, what has been the growth in our friendship? Yeah, I think that's the beauty of it. It's been a really slow burn. (laughs) I've noticed in life that those are the relationships that actually last. And those are the ones that truly go deep. We had met at City Year and the first time we met, we said, we should be friends. We totally (laughs) did. I remember you came to my apartment because I had a pool party and you came to use my bathroom and you saw my guitar and you were like, I play guitar and I write music. We should write music together. (laughs) (laughs) And then I don't know what happened from there, but we didn't hang out again for here and there we saw each other around but we didn't actually hang out again probably for a year until you invited me over for some like brunt like girls brunch which ended up being the formation of our la power crew of fantastic women Mm -hmm. yeah exactly yeah and it was like a culmination of a few different groups of people it was friends from back home friends from city year And it was just bringing people together. And then we started hanging out more. But I don't think that, to me, I didn't realize how close the friends we were until, I don't know if you know this, but until you wrote me the sweetest card on your birthday. You wrote me a card on your birthday. (laughs) Do you remember that? I do. That was the birthday right after I had gotten out of the hospital, my 24th, I would say, I think. And for me, I recognized how important our friendship was that night in the hospital. I think that whole experience just made me realize who was there for me? Who's the people who's going to dwell with you when you are, when, when you're septic and you have C. diff, TMI, <laughs> anybody knows what C. diff is, but who's going to show up for you in those moments? And you're a true homie because I had C. diff at that time and like, you didn't even have a gown on or anything because we didn't know. I want to know. I'm so glad you didn't. Yeah. I'm so glad you didn't get it. We're not going to explain it on this okay, episode. Okay. Just look it up, okay. everyone. Or not. But that's really when I realized, like, this is somebody who's who cares. And I think prior to that moment, you hit the nail on the head in saying, I had a hard time reaching out. And I had a hard time with natural vulnerability and really being vulnerable at all. I was really great at packaging up my story and sharing it and making people think that I was vulnerable and think that I was authentic. But in reality, it was like this perfectly painted picture that I have created to make you think that I am vulnerable. And I think that what I saw in you that scared me, that made me like feel afraid to get close was you were so vulnerable and so in touch with your creativity. And that scared me. And I was drawn instead to people who my closest friend at that time when I went to the hospital did not show up. She did not come to the hospital, did not. And that is what made me realize, like, I am choosing the wrong people in my life. I am investing in the wrong people. And that birthday, I wrote that card with the intention of growing our friendship. And so I'm so happy that it had that same impact on you because that was what was intended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, 
I think that was also a turning point for you and your growth. When you talk about your growth journey, figuring out the patterns that you were trying to escape and all those things, I feel like that year and those moments were such a shift in your growth and and my growth too in our friendship and chasing after the things that we wanted and sharing our growth. Because I think that's something we do a lot is we might seek personal growth, but we don't often share it. And when we share Mm -hmm. it, that's when we can really grow together and grow the friendship. And I remember when you first told me about the Safe People book, my favorite books are books you've recommended. (laughs) And I have to be honest, that one, I'm still it's on my it's on my kind of wish list still. So I haven't read it, but you keep talking about safe people. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. if you can explain what is a safe person just in general. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to plug Henry Cloud here. He is the author of the book. He is a psychologist. He also preaches at Vintage sometime. That's like right down the street from me in LA, which I just found out recently. And so I'm super excited to go to this church and learn more from him, but he outlines three main characteristics that are drawn from the Bible of a safe person. And the first one is dwelling. And it's so funny because in learning this in my real life, I have found that these characteristics really do go in order. So the first one is dwelling. And I saw that in you when you've dwelled with me in my pain and in literally one of my darkest moments. You'll never have as dark of a moment as when you feel like on the brink of death. And I feel like I knew it, but I, I, I wasn't able to like really express that fear, but you were there anyway. I didn't tell you like, Hey, I'm really scared. Hey, I think I'm dying, but you just showed up and you just sat with me. And I can't tell you how hard it was for me to let you braid my hair. That's such a vulnerable thing for someone, but you were just there. And that's the first step in being a safe person is dwelling with somebody. The next step is grace. And having grace for someone when they make mistakes, when they're not perfect, when they are in their ugly place, when they are full of anxiety and jealousy and they aren't putting their best foot forward. And I think that we really got there when the pandemic hit. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) I remember calling you like, spiraling Mm. and just calling you and just crying on the phone with you. And I don't even remember what I was crying about now, which is funny because prior to that year of growth, crying on the phone with somebody would have been something I would have remembered why I was crying. But I think we had so many of those moments that I can't even remember why I was crying. (laughs) I don't do that, honestly. I think it probably had something to do with my dad or my brothers or something going on back home, but you started to see the ugly. But I think also, part of it was you started to let me in and started to let me see that because I think the reason our friendship is so strong is because we see ourselves in each other. Mm-hmm. We are so similar in so many ways, but that also means that we see this, the similar challenges. We've had very different lives and very different upbringings, but we see ourselves in each other. So that kind of allows us to have that grace. But we also know that we want to show you our best selves. We want to be mm-hmm. 
as close to perfect as humanly possible while still knowing I don't expect that of other people and to be able to share with each other, hey, I am someone you don't have to be perfect with. I am someone who will love all of the imperfections, all sides of you is something that I think was important, but also really hard to get to that point of feeling like, oh, okay, this is what that's, I still do. I'm like, how do I not show this best self? It's, it's hard. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and I think as you were saying that, a memory that was coming to mind was when we took that road trip back home to see my family. And on the way back, we were like talking about our businesses. And it was like this struggle to, for me internally to let somebody help me. And I think I still am struggling. I'm still struggling with that. Let's all be honest. <laughs> yeah. Nobody is perfect. But I feel like we've definitely gotten there. And that's really exciting. Then the third aspect of being a safe person. So there's the dwelling. There's the grace, which is I love you and unconditionally I see you in your fear and in your shame and in your uncertainty and in in your imperfection. And I love you there. And then the last one sounds antithetical to grace, but it's truth. And it's being able to tell someone when it's I love you unconditionally, but what you're doing right now is going to hurt you. It's hurting me. And it's going to cause issues in your life, in my life, in our lives. And I want to walk with you through this, but I have to have boundaries around this. And this is true love. Like being able to be a truth teller in somebody's life That is how you show that you truly care about someone. Because if you can't tell someone the truth about their behavior, then you don't really love them. Mm -hmm. You love them liking you, Mm -hmm. but you don't love them. Mm -hmm. And you demonstrated this in such a beautiful way. So much so that I want you to kick off the story (laughs) because I feel like, I feel like A, I've been talking too much and B, this story, I feel like I would love to hear from your perspective and I'll like hop in, but it started when we were on my birthday trip in Idlewild and we had decided to do some vulnerability activities and you were leading one. And I'd love to hear from your perspective, just like how that happened, because just for everyone listening to know where this is going, um, after this trip, we ended up having a conversation, a truth telling conversation. So take it away. Yeah. Oh goodness. I was hoping you would start the story, but I am because I, I do think there is the value of hearing from each other what that experience was. And I do also want to come back to the truth telling because that there's a few things that really resonated with me uh, with that description as well. But yes, on your birthday, we took a trip to Idlewild. It was a, a girl's weekend, but I think for you is really important for it to be also like a meaningful weekend. You wanted to create experiences that we all really grew from and could get close with, which is why we played. We aren't really strangers. <laughs> that was a yes. And the activity, activity that I had planned, we had each kind of planned an activity. And the one that I had planned was something that I've done in a high school program like high school, college program called go for business, where we wrote down our life story and it was life maps. And it was in as much or as little detail as you want, just from birth to now, what are those big life events that you can put down on paper that you can share a story about? And in my experience, this activity always brought people together and it was an opportunity to get to know 
why someone is who they are and where they come from. And for us, most of us had been friends for a while. And some of those stories we hadn't really told each other yet of our past, because there's a certain point in friendship where you're present friends and you're talking about the here and now, and you're not really going back into the history anymore. So I wanted Mm -hmm. it to be an opportunity for that. And when I was giving the instructions, I remember you saying something like, you only need to only write down three things or only make three points or there's something where you wanted to have very specific instructions. And the way that I felt in that moment was the way that I'm doing it is you see as wrong and you want to take over and you want to lead it. And I just eventually shut down and was like, whatever you guys want to do, go for it. I don't want to force anyone into vulnerability. I don't want to force this activity to be enjoyable, but I was also feeling a lot of insecurity because I Mm -hmm. wanted to make this moment feel really special, but I didn't know how to. So I think that also exacerbated the moment of you wanting to do it your way, because to me, in my own insecurity, it felt like, oh, the way that I'm doing it or the way that I see it must not be right. And so that kind of tension, I think we all felt it, but we didn't talk about it. And I think that piece is really important because in truth-telling, it's important to share what we feel or what we think. Um, There's something Brene Brown says that is clarity is kindness, which is really hard for me to do. I just want to be kind. And that often means not being clear with certain people. But I think part of that also is timing. I knew that during your birthday weekend, that wasn't the time to have the conversation because we just want to enjoy. And yeah, there's this thing under the surface that I know we both know we aren't talking about, but I also want to give that to a different moment when we both have the time to process and to feel safe in ourselves to have that conversation. So I think the the timing part of the truth telling is key to having a safe conversation with someone and making sure that they are in a place to have that conversation. So with that, I'm curious what your perspective is <laughs> on that. Yeah, I got chills when you said that piece about timing. Mm. Because I think that's something that often people forget and don't think about. And that is a huge staple of a safe feedback conversation. And that's something that's not in Henry Cloud's book. So I think you should reach out (laughs) and let it know. No, but during that moment when you were leading that activity, I think what came up for me is something that I'm currently working on is I'm really good at being vulnerable in a very planned and structured sense that is predictable for me, which is not vulnerability, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. And in that moment, I was like, oh, I'm not in control. Mm. Already feeling like vulnerable because I wasn't in control. And then grasping for structure. Mm. And I was like, how about we just do five, five things? My fear was that I was going to overshare or that I was going to go deeper than other people. And so I wanted to have some assurance that I wasn't going to be exposed and other people weren't, were like, if I was going to be exposed then other people were too. And I was feeling a lot of fear and I was acting in fear. And I feel like whenever you're acting in fear, it's never the best view. It's never the 
you're never acting as your best self. And after that activity, I knew that you're upset. And I also wanted to talk about it, but I, we, there were other friends there and it was just, it would have been awkward to talk about it right then. And it may have even been later that night. I like came up to you and I just hugged you and you like hugged me back. And I feel like we both knew, like we were saying, we're going to talk about this later. <laughs> but yes, I, re- I remember going to bed and not really saying anything and being just like, I'm going to go to bed early. Usually I stay up and talk and draw and journal or something. I was like, I'm going to go to bed. And you came and laid down next to me. And I think you did ask a question. I think you did ask, like, how are you doing? Or even just maybe said goodnight. And I just remember consciously thinking, should I say something? Like, should we have this conversation? And very assuredly thinking, no, now is not the time. But I know that we both know that there's something there and that we both still love each other, even though there's this tension here. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's grace. That's grace is like making space for people when it's not when things aren't sunshine and rainbows. But we did end up having that conversation. And I think that's the difference is we didn't sweep it under the rug. We didn't let it continue to fester and then come up in other ways. We had that conversation and you started that conversation. And I would love to hear, cause the way that you did it was so eloquent. And so I would just love to hear like how you got to the point where you were able to have that conversation with me and what was going through your mind as you were bringing it up. Mm. That's I, I wish I had like a recording of the conversation because there's so much of it that I don't remember as my memory is not the best. But what I do know is that I was really anxious about bringing it up or having the conversation because I don't avoid conflict, but conflict is never a joy for me. And it felt, okay, I don't know how to verbalize what I'm feeling or what I'm thinking, but I know it's important because you had, you and a couple of people, I think, came over for brunch. Um, and then it was just mm-hmm. the two of us and we were just catching up, but there was still this unspoken tension or something going on. And I don't know if you remember how the conversation started, because I honestly don't remember but I just remember feeling it. I was like, I feel it coming. And then I started crying because I was like, okay, we're having this conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think in that moment, the way that I could verbalize what I was going through was I want to be close to you. I want to have a friendship, but with how I felt that weekend, as an example, I wasn't sure how to, because Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like in those moments, I could not be my full self, but I just remember that weekend thinking to myself and going into the bathroom at one point and saying, your way is okay too. Like you, you're okay the way you're doing because I see you and all these amazing things you're doing and seeing how strong you are and all these things that you're learning that it's easy to feel like, oh, I'm behind or I'm not doing something right. And that comparison, I think gets in the way. So for me, it's like that fear and that comparison was in the way of this friendship that I know we want to have. And so in that moment, I think that's what the conversation was to me was, hey, this thing happened that was really hard. How can we be better friends from it? I don't remember how the conversation started though. I don't remember how it started either. I think we just were making space. Like we sat down on the couch first off, like we sat down Mm -hmm. and it was just us. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that is so key in having these conversations is like there's time and space. It started because you were push. I was talking to someone, I think at the time, and you were pushing and asking a lot of questions that I wasn't ready to answer. And I realized in that moment, I want to have a friendship where we talk and we help each other. But there are, there were moments when I felt like you went into coach mode and not friend mode. Mm-hmm. And so that was, I think the invitation for that conversation was I'm feeling less than in our friendship. And as a coach, you're, you are a coach. That's something you do and you do it so well. But as a friend, it was hard for me to feel safe or to feel like opening up when I felt like, oh, you're coaching me or you're this, you have these answers for me that we Mm -hmm. can't get to together. And so that's, I think, where the, how it started and then allowed me to open up into other things. Yeah, I totally forgot that. And that is, that's, that's, that's the age old issue with being a coach is learning when to turn it off and when to not ask those tough questions Mm -hmm. and just show up for someone. And also where that conversation unfolded to, it led into a dynamic of unsafety that was being expressed in our friendship. As you had brought up already, the dynamic of comparison, we're so similar. And I think that sometimes it makes our friendship so beautiful because we can talk about our passion topics and they're similar. And that is a type of belonging that you can only feel with some people. But then there's also this like ugly side of that, which is comparison and jealousy and trying to like one up. And I am super competitive. (laughs) And when we walked away from that conversation, I remember first off, I like apologized and I said, I knew what I was doing in the moment wasn't right. And I know now that it wasn't right in the moment. I didn't have access to the ability to stop myself. And I had apologized and I said, I'm going to take action to work on this. And I said, it may not happen overnight, but I'm going to work on this. And you had also expressed, Hey, like, I know that I do things that, that you, that work on. I'm not going to, I don't want to speak for you, but, and after that I bought, the safe people workbook. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Because I realized that the first time I went through the book, I was trying to figure out who, what is unsafe people? Who are safe people? How do I choose safe people? Mm -hmm. The part of the book I forgot to read and pay attention to was how are you attracting unsafety? And how have you learned unsafety in your life? And I really dove into those chapters of how did I learn unsafety and how do I become more safe? And it is a work in progress, like being, it's not like there's safe people and there's unsafe people. A lot of us exist in this like middle space where it's, we have some unsafe characteristics. We have some safe characteristics and we are trying to become more like Jesus and become more safe. But sometimes we fall short and it takes having truth tellers in your life to give you the feedback 
in a way that you are able to accept it. So it's not defensive. It's in a safe place. It's loving and it's kind and there's grace. For And then in that moment, when someone gives you that feedback, you are a safe person by saying, thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to change. Earlier in the conversation, you wanted to circle back to truth. And I think right now is a good time for it. Um, I think the, the, what I wanted to share was the clarity is kindness. But to Mm -hmm. me, that is the power of truth is it allows us to, to be clear with each other and it is kind, but the, what makes it graceful maybe is that timing. So it's not just telling people how it is all the time because that can be abrasive. And like you said, it is making sure that people can are able to receive it. And Mm -hmm. that's something that I've learned sometimes the hard way. But I think part of it for me too is the reason these things are important to me, because as you described them, I was like, oh, these are important to me. Grace, actually my name means grace, (laughs) which is funny, I learned recently. And so grace and truth are both important, but they're important together. Because if you're just graceful and just kind and just surface level and loving unconditionally when it's not being reciprocated, that's also not safe. So you really need all of those things together in order to have those relationships. And something else that you said too, was we all oscillate between safe and unsafe. And I think sometimes we have, I have this desire to be friends with everyone and I want to be close to everyone. And the truth is we aren't going to be close to everyone and we're not going to be safe people for everyone. So being aware of what we're able to give and to who is also an important thing to, to figure out for ourselves and in that process. Yeah. And that's something that Henry Cloud does talk about in his book is consistency and knowing your capacity. And so that brings up the thing of, yeah, you can't be a best friend to everyone. And by knowing your boundaries and choosing who you are going to show up for based on, are they also safe? Mm-hmm. That helps you stay consistent in those people's lives because you're not over capacity. And I know that problem all too well. I also want to be friends with everyone. And I realize that comes from a very egoic place. Mm -hmm. It comes from a place of wanting to always have plans. Mm -hmm. And... That's so selfish. I think there's, yes, it can be. But I think part of it too is it's how we find our value. Mm. We find our value in how much we impact people or how much people love us. Mm. And there is any, anything in moderation. There is a benefit to that because we are able to connect with people and you know change lives and have these desires. But when it gets too extreme where we only feel valued in regard to other people and can't find the value in ourselves, then that's when it goes into that not great territory. I think part of it too, with 
the challenges of friendship and the challenges of putting your value there is that the tension often comes from our own insecurities and reflecting that on someone else, especially someone who is so similar to ourselves. It's like, oh, this is bringing up a wound or this is bringing up something in me that I'm still dealing with or I'm still going through. How in the world am I supposed to have this conversation or address something with someone else if this is something that I'm also going through. So I think that is plays a big role and is probably a whole other conversation to even dive into of what power our insecurities can have in allowing us to connect. Because at the end of the day, that's what we value is connection in our friendships and with the people in our lives. And sometimes it does mean having those challenging conversations. And I'm curious from your perspective, why or how that conversation, even though difficult, how... What about the conversation made it possible? Because I feel like that is helpful is we all have someone we know we need to have a conversation with, but how do we do that? As you were talking, it jotted my mind that what made me feel so safe in that conversation was that when you brought up, and I'm like getting teary-eyed right now, but when you brought up, Hey, like I'm seeing this pattern of like comparison and like you wanting to have it just your way. You said, I get that because I'm constantly comparing myself to you and feeling insecure because of that. And you show it in different ways. Like you shut down and I puff up. (laughs) And I think that's what made me feel so safe in that moment is because I didn't feel alone in what you were bringing up in me. You weren't shining a light on me and making it about how fucked up I was. Instead, you were like, I understand this. I've felt this too. I want to work on this because I don't think our friendship will last if we don't. And you said, our friendship means a lot to me. And I want to keep our friendship. And that's why I want to work through this. And there's been so many times in my life where I needed to have these conversations with people, but I've been way too afraid that they weren't going to show up, that they weren't going to change. And so I was like, you know, I'm just not going to have it because I want to keep them in my life. And and, and so I just don't want to have the conversation. But that robs them of an opportunity to grow because since then I've dove into this book. And I feel like I really have grown in this area, not just in our friendship, but in other friendships and relationships with family members. And what an opportunity for me to grow, for you to grow, for us to grow, for our friendship to get stronger. And without that conversation, none of that growth would have happened. So yeah, I think just, I think showing up with vulnerability, having the right, making sure it's the right time, expressing grace, but then also holding the person accountable. One of the things that you said was, if we don't work on this, I don't think our friendship will last. And that is a boundary. And that is setting a boundary. And that held me accountable to making changes. It also held you accountable to making changes. Because although I think all of these situations, it takes two to tango. And I think we've both grown a lot since that conversation. Absolutely. The, when you said, brought up how I said, 
if we don't work on this, our, our friendship won't last. I got teary eyed too, because that I think was one of the maybe only moments that I've ever verbalized wanting to have a friendship with someone and wanting to put the work in to make it happen. And also sharing that fear that I had of not having the friendship and to hear you verbalize it as being vulnerable. I think I have, I do the same thing where I know I value vulnerability. That doesn't mean I'm good at doing it. And so in that moment, to me, it wasn't, oh, let, let me be vulnerable because those moments never work out when I'm like, oh, it's time to be vulnerable. That the planned thing doesn't work. But in the moment, what it was is what do I value? What do I really want? And being comfortable enough, you creating the space where I felt like I could say it and, and discover it because I didn't, I'm a verbal processor and I've had unsafe people in my life use that against me and feel like, oh, I have to know what I'm saying and be right. But you really allowed the space for me to say and discover what it was that I was struggling with, which was I want our friendship and I don't know how to do it. And saying that I don't know how, I think is part of that vulnerability of saying what we both don't know how to do this, but we want to. And I think that we do that intentionally in romantic relationships, but I don't think we do that often in friendships. At least I haven't. And is something that is important <laughs> to be able to, to talk about and discover together. And I agree, it has definitely strengthened our friendship. And part of it is opening up that door to be able to have other conversations and to trust each other and to trust each other's intentions. Because that's mm. a big part of it is, sure, you can say something that I don't like or makes me unhappy, but what's the intention behind it? And that I think is a big part of grace too, is seeing things from someone else's perspective and giving the almost like the patience of, hey, this is hurting right now, but I know that's not your intention. Let's find a time to, to come back to it or discover what's going on. So I think it is important for both of us. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think that understanding where the other person is coming from is so key. Understanding their background and their history. I'm so grateful for you and for our friendship and just for the safety that we're both growing in together. And for everyone listening today, you're going to be hearing a lot more from Annette. She is one of my closest friends and one of the people that I feel the most, the person that I feel the most comfortable having these conversations with. So she is going to be joining me on this series very often. And just so that you can know a little bit about her, Annette is the founder of two companies, one Sand Travel, where she is bringing people together from lots of different countries in order to learn about culture and travel. And the second is her Vision Mastermind. Am I saying this correctly? Ooh, Vision yeah. Mastermind. As you can see, Annette is so incredible at bringing out the best in people and bringing out their true authentic passions and visions. And so if you are a person who is looking to embrace your passion, you need to connect with Annette, you need to follow her, you need to engage with her. And so you're going to be hearing a lot more from her throughout this podcast, but I wanted to just give a quick plug on who she is, what she does, and we're going to be talking about that more throughout this podcast. But thank you so much, Annette. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your generosity. Thank you for your safety. And I am so excited to continue on this journey with you. 
As am I. Thank you so much. I'm excited for more. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. As always, any books, links, or resources that were mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes for you to access. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a comment. We would love to hear from you. Or feel free to send us a direct message on Instagram at Elevate Potential Podcast if you would like to be a guest on this show. Finally, please subscribe and download episodes in order to support the community that we are creating of people who are working to elevate their potential together. Until next time.